You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. All right, and I just got to say, little David is here. All right. We have been praying for you guys, Sarah and David, and uh, I know it's been, uh, you're, you're, you're amazing for being here, and we're going to keep praying for you. I hope you sleep really good tonight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just, it's good to see you guys. I'm thankful. It's good to see everybody. Look around. We got people in the room. It's good to be here, right? Come on. It's uh, 12 years. 12 years of Life Tree. We launched our church. If you don't know, it's our 12-year anniversary. It's our birthday as a church. We started Life Tree on October 10th, 2010. So 10-10-10. And uh, so crazy. Um, and uh, it doesn't always line up. You know, it's not exactly our birthday, but it's good enough. We're counting it. So 12 years, 12 years. That's uh, more than 600 services. For more than 600 services, we have gathered. And I've had the privilege of, for many of them, to sit up here, stand up here, and share with you, and, and just as we grow in our faith and give God our worship. I still remember the day this week, I took some time to look through some old journals, and I, I'm a nerd and I journal, and uh, I was looking through old journals from sort of the process of when we were, you know, just figuring out what, God, what are you saying to us, to our family, and, you know, the day I, you know, we talked about it, and we're Ann and I were like, are we doing this? Do we, we think we're going to start a church? And we had no idea back then what we were doing. That doesn't imply that today <laughs> I have any better idea what we're doing. I'm simply willing to follow wherever God might lead. But the conversations with Kevin and Nikki and uh, talking, where's John? Where's John and John and Crystal? And then we're driving in the car, John, and telling you. We're out in Pennington somewhere driving. Maybe lunch somewhere out there and just telling you, John, I'm in. I'm in. I was like, dude, this is crazy. And just, you know, the, piecing together this team and meeting and Joyce and Gordon's and Lisa, you know, talking to me, I remember having dinner with you guys at Villa Barone. You know, we had chicken cardinal. I remember because it's so good. It's so good there. If you don't know, that's the best thing, man. Oh, Villa Barone, that's good. They got good food. And just going through the years, it's been the adventure, really, of, our, of a lifetime. It's been just such an interesting time, you know, starting in the summertime, having once a month services in the Sharon. Uh, elementary school and having no air conditioning, and it was hot. You know, we told everybody the church was on fire, you know, because <laughs> it felt like it. And then, you know, that first Robbinsville day, handing out green bags to anybody that breathed, um, introducing ourselves. And they're like, so where's your church? And we're like, we're right here. I'm like, when do you have services? We don't yet. And they're like, I don't understand. It's like, yeah, me neither. I'm trying to figure this out. Um, and then, you know, going through all that and then you know, trying to get into a rhythm of that, and then Hurricane Sandy hit, and we had to move to the high school, and it just so happened to be the same day they were holding a food and clothing drive for Staten Island, and there's people showing up with garbage bags full of stuff, and we're like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're here for the drop-off, and we're like, okay, you can put it right here, and we don't know why they're here or doing this, but all the people just kept coming and coming, and then all of a sudden, newspapers taking pictures, and they're like, this is great, Life Tree's holding a, a clothing drive. And we're like... No, it's not how it happened, but we got credit for something we did not do. Um, we just happened to be there, and people were like, you guys are awesome. You even have coffee and bagels. This is great. We're like, it's exactly planned it. We absolutely planned this thing. And then, you know, going through, the, you know, going through uh, getting a phone call that Sharon School was going to have some, uh, some remodeling done and that we were going to have to move. Uh, and so the senior center opened up. That was way back 2014, and we were here for a while, and then... 
That's when we had, I remember up here, we had people gathering up here for our founding members. We had that picture of our, our official, we had like 40 founding members. It was like, all right, we actually have, like for years, we had these connection cards that you'll have in your programs. You could check off member, and it meant nothing. Because we didn't have membership. It was like, you want to call yourself a member? Go ahead. Just check it off. Well, we'll call you a member. And then we did that. And then picnics, you know, in, the, in your backyard of the, you know, Catherine Lisa's backyard, swimming in the pool there, baptisms over there. So, so much fun stuff. All our brunches, remember our brunches? We had thunch, which are our Thanksgiving brunch, and then crunch, our Christmas brunch, and then uh, munch, which was our Mother's Day brunch, and then funch, our Father's Day brunch. And we just kept, hey, we... We, we were ridiculous, and this people would show up, we're like, where's service? We're like, it's right here, we're just eating today. And they're like, oh, it's like, it's fine, just come on in. They're like, this church is a little different. Um, uh, it, was, it was good times, good times. And then uh, our kids' Christmas programs every year. You remember the, the Duck Dynasty Christmas with the kids with the beards and the, you know, this, the skull caps on? It was a lot of fun. Uh, the choir singing every year so many times, and all the community service projects we've done through the years. I remember putting in the cork strips in the Sharon Elementary School walls, and you needed a hammer drill, and we didn't have one. Um, yeah, that was, <laughs> it was slow going. It took us 16 hours, 16 hours to hang cork strips. That was ridiculous. We just kept doing it. And then mission trips to Mexico. If you've ever been on a mission trip, anybody been on mission trips with us to Mexico, to Peru, um, how about to Wrightstown, New Jersey? Remember that? We painted the church there at Wrightstown. I mean, that was really far away. Um, uh, so many people have been part of the church through the years. I did a count. This is rough, but because we used to track like guests every year, and I think we're at somewhere in the ra- range of around 1,600 people that at one time or another have attended or participated in a service here at Life Tree um, that have come through the doors. It's just, that's a little stroll down memory lane, you know, as you look back 12 years. It's a lot of life, 12 years, you know, and a lot's changed in 12 years, yeah? Um, uh, in, in 2010, um, the iPhone 4 was brand new, <laughs> like brand new. Pinterest was this brand new website just starting out. It was like, yeah, and then President Barack Obama, only halfway through his first term, uh, that was before the Starbucks in town, and before the Walgreens, and before the Rite Aid, and uh, that was before Taco Rito. It was actually before Papa's even moved in here, before some of the neighborhoods. Springside wasn't anything. It was just farms, and um, now there's a lot of houses over there. Like, when we started, I, I had brown hair on my, everywhere. <laughs> like, I, there was no paint in my beard, you know? Uh, Ethan, he was five. He drove here today, right? Like, Levi wasn't really even talking. Elise wasn't born yet. Our kids, she wasn't even born. The Holt kids were crawling around in a cage. <laughs> literally, as we were setting up, they had like this little, you know, like, you know, like a playpen, but it had no floor. Well, they literally walked around the room moving it like, you know, Pac-Man, just like absorbing everything and bumping into stuff. It was, now they're playing in the high school band and cheerleading and thinking about college and uh, I've counted, we've had seven different vehicles in the last 12 years. So you can, somebody f- might have more. If you do the math, anybody have more than seven vehicles in the last 12 years? Because we've, that's a lot for our family. That's, that's a lot of vehicles. Um, this is, I think, our third or fourth sound system. I'm not sure. It's somewhere in that range. We've replaced more cores than we know. You know how many, I don't know how many bagels and cups of coffee have been consumed in our services. I mean, 600 services, that's a lot of bagels. We ate a lot of bagels, and the kids don't like that we don't have bagels anymore. I will say that. They're pretty upset about that. 
I don't know how many songs we've sung, sung how many branches, how many times we've had communion. Um, and just for the record, I know the communion wafers are terrible. I understand. They're gluten-free. We're working on it. We're trying to get better ones. They're like styrofoam. But we've, we've, we've done the whole range, you know. Um, so just think about 12 years. Let me ask you, like, where were you 12 years ago? Like, before we started this church, just think. What, what, just where were you in life? Like, what's changed for you in the last 12 years? 12 years ago. That's a long time, right? Like a lot's happened. Um, lots changed. And it's, it's so ironic, not ironic, we, we talked about it a little bit, so we, we planned, but I didn't realize Vic was going to talk about it so much. But the thing that I've come to appreciate so much through the last 12 years is this simple truth, right? God never changes. 12 years, so much has changed. We get it. We all got older. We all, you know, certain Parts of us don't work so well anymore. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that has happened. Um, and through every up and down, in and out of life, God doesn't change, right? Thousands of years ago, God made a promise to a man named Abraham. I mean, thousands of years ago. And he says this, I'm going to confirm my covenant with you and with your descendants after you from generation to generation. He says, this is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of the descendants after you. Always. And then through the prophet Malachi, God declare, reveals this. He says, I'm the Lord, and I do not change. And then, and then the brother of Jesus, James, he says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father who created all of this. He never changes or casts a, a shifting shadow. And it was the writer of Hebrews who summed it all up when he said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? There's a theological term for that they call the immutability of God that God doesn't change chain of like that one there you go I saw you smiling there you go yeah that's good right good technical you know theology word so it's it's interesting it says Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and if you look into the the Greek there that word same is actually the word himself Jesus is himself or actually Jesus is him and I was thinking, like, all the kids say it all the time, like, he's him. Like, Jesus is him. You know, like, if, the, if you're kids, you understand. If you're old, if, if you don't get that reference, you, you're old. All of a sudden, because am I right? Am I right, kids? Am I right? Yeah, okay. He's him. It literally says Jesus is him. He's that guy. He's the one who we know will never change. That's who Jesus is. And the truth of that has been an anchor for the last 12 years for us. And not just for us corporately as a church, but for us personally, for so many of us, the fact that God doesn't change has carried us through so many storms in life. We've talked about what keeps a tree vertical when the storms come, when the hurricanes come, when, the, when life happens, what keeps a tree upright? Well, it's that, that root system, that faith. That's what's deep, deep in the ground, that, that God that we believe in doesn't change. He hasn't failed He's continued to be good and sure and comforting and strong. And think about how much we've experienced in, in, in your life and that God has always been there for you. Like, where would you be without God, right? I'm sure we could stare, share story after story of God's faithfulness to us through the years. If we just sat here and just said, let's just start, like, we did a quick stroll down memory lane. But if we actually talked about all the times God has been faithful in our lives, we'd be here a long time. We don't have time for that, so don't worry, I'm not going there. And it's not to say that we've got life figured out, but it's simply to say that we can point to what God has done as we wait to see what he will do. Right? We, we sit here and go, okay, let's look back. God has been so faithful 12 years. We're sitting, it's a, it's a marker on the ground. We're, we're at that, 
that 12-year mark, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a, a monument here. Like, this is awesome. But God's not done. Our lives are not done. We still got to gotta wake up tomorrow. Still Sunday, so you get another day off, which is nice. I, I kind of like that about the Saturday night service thing. We got Sundays. It's kind of like a day off. It's still great. But Monday's coming, and then back to work and all that. So, but in our waiting for God, in our waiting for God to show up, we can call on all those testimonies and all the stories we've heard and all the things that have happened and all that we've been taught and all that we've read, and that stuff gives us strength. And that's why we spend so much time reading the stories in the Bible. That's why we spend time looking at it because uh, those people are passing down their faith to us. Right? That's what's happening. As we're reading those stories, that faith is being passed down from those who went before. They captured their stories of faith and wrote them down so that today you and I can read that and go, oh, that's who he is, because that's who he was, and that's who he always will be. God doesn't change. In the, fast, the past few weeks, we've been talking about, uh, we call it the forest, right? This vision for our church. We're renewing the vision. In a season now where so much has happened, we've come through so many things, it's, sometimes vision fades, and it's important to say, hey, why are we doing this? Why are we, why are we doing the church thing? What, what, what's this about? Let's renew this vision. Make it new again. And it's not simply to plant ourselves, but to reproduce life, to allow the, the truth of God to flow out of us, right, and make, make rivers of living water anywhere it goes. And we talked about why the church matters for us, right, why, why, why it matters for us as a church family. And we talked about why it matters for our community, for those in need around us, that we are a blessing to those around us. And today I'd like to turn our attention to yet another group of people um, that as we reflect on 12 years as a church, I think it's only fitting that we turn our attention to a people that we must keep at the forefront. Like, yes, it's important for us, and yes, it's important for our community, but this has to be, like, front and center for us, this group of people. And it's this, that our church exists for the next generation. There's a, a writer by the name of Anne Lamott. If you haven't read her, she's irreverent. Uh, she's... Uh, there's, there's just that's I, as I don't. There's other things I could say, but she's very. She writes a lot of great stuff. I, I appreciate her writing, but sometimes there might be some profanity. Um, I was just like, there's a lot of things in there. She's interesting, um, but she says this: a hundred years from now, hundred years from now, all new people. Just think about that. Hundred years from now, all new people, whole world, whole new set. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I gotta, like, yeah, that's a that's a thought. And the reason that each one of us is here, the reason any of us know anything about God, the reason that we're in this room today isn't, isn't up to you. You didn't do that. None of you can take credit for being here today. Okay? None of you met Jesus. Did, did you? <laughs> Anybody alive back then? Anybody actually, like, you get a chance to meet Jesus face to face? Like, yeah, because I, I, yeah. We're, every single one of us was talked to and told about Jesus by somebody else. Somebody else, parent, grandparent, Sunday school teacher, pastor, friend, grandmother, I don't, I don't, you know, somewhere along the way, somebody else, brother, sister, doesn't matter, husband, wife, somebody told you. Every single one of us, somebody told us. And the scriptures we have access to today, the, the Bible that you have, whether it be on your phone or if you have a, a hard copy or whatever, the, the words that are there, Right? You only have access to those because those were faithfully passed down generation to generation to generation. Because somewhere there were scribes way back when 
thousands of years ago who tirelessly wrote down and copied page after page, story after story, not because they were getting paid great money for it. They were doing this because they wanted the next generation to know. They didn't want it to die with them. They wanted to make sure that that story was passed on. People laid down their lives as martyrs for the story to go on. People left family behind and traveled to unfamiliar lands so that the story could go on. They learned new languages. They gave everything they had so that future generations could hear and know. We stand on so many shoulders. And we have faith because it was passed down to us. And the only way we're able to navigate this complicated, ever-changing world, right? So much has changed. Forget 12 years ago, right? 12 months ago. Like the world keeps changing. The only way we're able to navigate it is that relationship with God. Without God, we don't know where we'd be. But we have God. How grateful are we for that? And as grateful as we are for God, here just, here's the point. As grateful as we are for God, this next generation is going to need them. Is going to need God too. They're going to need to put their hope in God too. This world is not getting easier. It's getting more and more complex. And just as we've been able to build faith on those who went faith, uh, build our faith on the faith of those who went before us, as we've been able to call on the stories of what God has done, they're going to need that same good news passed down. They're going to need to hear stories. They're going to need to build their lives on that as well. And here's the thing, you don't have to take my word for it. It's just not Pastor Dan saying it. It's just not me. This is straight out of the scriptures. King David said it in Psalm chapter 71. He said, oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. And he says this, ready? So it might relate to this. He says, now that I'm old and gray, only a few of you, some of you don't admit it. Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, O oh God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. And then again in Psalm 145, David says this, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. And it was Asaph, and this will be our text for tonight, who served with King David. He, he, he was serving right along. He was a musician, did lots of things. And he, he wrote this in Psalm 78, verse 1. We can read it here. It says, oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying or I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. Now, verse 4, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation, this is so, so huge, so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Not only does the next generation need to know God in order to have, to have this strength to walk through this world, not only do they need to know it, but it's our responsibility to give it. It's not just on them to figure it out. It's on us to pass it down. Now, as any parent knows, you can't make anybody believe or trust in God. Each generation has to set their own hope. It's up to them to set their hope anew. But we can set the table. We can put it in front of them. We can pass that story down and put the decision in their hands. 
Think about where you'd be without knowing about God and how different your life would be if you had to do this on your own. If it, just think about if nobody had ever helped you understand more about God. You had never had anybody else give you another perspective. If nobody else had ever shared their story with you, if you had never heard how God had worked in other situations or circumstances, you had never heard about Moses, and you had never heard about Abraham, and you didn't know about Joseph, if you didn't know right, about Deborah, if you didn't know about Ruth, if you didn't know about Mary and Joseph, if you didn't know about Paul or Peter, you didn't know any of those stories. You didn't know about, right, Moses Parton, right? You didn't know about Noah and the ark. You didn't know any of that stuff. Just you wondering, is there a God out there? Never knowing about Jesus, none of those stories passed down. Where would you be? What would you understand about God? See, we all benefit from others who have passed on the history of our faith, the stories of what God has done. And now it's up to us. And here's the question that we've been, we, we continue to ask, how could we fail to give that to the next generation? Because Paul says it very clearly, how can they call on those? How can they call on a God that they haven't heard about? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? So to really gain a full picture of what's at, at stake here. Remember, that's the question we've been asking each week. What if we didn't? What if we didn't? What if we didn't pass this on to the next generation? What would happen? And we don't have to actually guess. We don't have to figure it out because it happened. It happened in the Bible. It happened in, in the past, and that story got passed down. In Judges, Moses, remember, led the people out of Israel, and then he died. And then Joshua followed up, and he led the people, and then he died. And after Joshua died, we can, it tells us what happened. It says this, after that generation, after Joshua's de generation died, it says another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. So a generation grows up who doesn't even know what God has done. They don't, they don't know. They never heard. They don't remember it. It wasn't passed down. They, they, they didn't know that. They didn't know the stories. You know what happens? It says... Those Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They served other gods. It says they abandoned the Lord and the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt, the God who had done so much, they abandoned him. And they went after other gods and worshipped the gods of the people around them because they didn't know any better because nobody passed it down. And they missed it. They missed the opportunity to walk with a God who had done so many great things. Each week we answer, we ask this question, what if we don't? I'm telling you, it's right there. I'll tell you what's going to happen if we don't. This next generation, they're just going to do whatever makes sense to them. They're not going to have any idea what God's about. So what? So what? On your way out tonight, we have a, a gift for everybody, a couple of gifts. Um, we've got these little gray bracelets. They're really simple. And they say, hand down hope. Hand down hope. And the goal is to remind you that every day you have a choice to hand down hope to the next generation. You can be intentional about telling the next generation, about passing on faith, or you can say, I'll leave it to somebody else. I'm just going to criticize this generation. I'm just going to tell them why they make me angry or frustrated or how they're, they don't appreciate what they have. I'm just going to get on their case, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to 
just tell them how it is. I'll put them in their place. I'll, I'll humble these, you know, arrogant, cocky little kids, right? Or I can hand down hope because they need to know that there's a God who loves them and has not given up on them, just like a God didn't give up on us when we were cocky little kids. <laughs> I know none of you were cocky little kids. I was probably a cocky little kid. So I want to suggest just a few ways that that can look practically. Like, what does that actually look like? So first, share your story of faith. Tell your stories. What have you learned about God? Don't keep that to yourself. God's not just telling you stuff so that you can enjoy it, but you're supposed to share that. And if anybody is younger than you, even one day, tell them. Parents, I want to speak to you for just a moment. The greatest gift you will ever give your children is an introduction to the God who loves them and who will never fail them. You, you can give them houses and cars and beach houses and college educations, and you can provide all sorts of experiences and opportunities, but there is nothing in 100 years from now that will matter more than their relationship with God. I may just say, there is no one more responsible for passing down faith to the children than the parents. Do not abdicate that responsibility. Don't expect the church to do that for you. Don't expect somebody else to do that for you. I'm going to tell you, the church is going to do everything we can to help, to support, to encourage. But you are modeling a life of faith every single day. Let me tell you which one speaks louder. <laughs> every single day, they see what you are living out. So the question is, what are you passing on? What values, what hopes, what truths are you passing on to your kids? And, you know, it's not just parents. It's grandparents, it's uncles, it's aunts, it's cousins, brothers, sisters, all of it. Invest in the next generation. So you can share just by talking. Second, what you can do is you can teach. Um, we literally need teachers. Treehouse kids, like here in our church, we need teachers. Um, seriously, we don't have enough. We are struggling to have enough teachers. Very practically, we have a few that are heroes and they're awesome and they come every week and they work for your kids and they, they sacrifice time because it would be great to be in here every single week as adults and just soak it in and learn and grow and be with everybody else. And it's a sacrifice to be in, in Treehouse Kids with our kids at, you know, week in and week out. How much do our kids matter? Uh, and you don't have to be a professional teacher. You don't have to be a... We're, we're talking like... We're talking little kids, right? Here's, here's what any teacher needs to know. This is, this is all any teacher needs to know. You only need to be one hour ahead of the student. That's it. And they don't know that, but they don't need to know that. This is not saying you need to be 20 years doing this before you're qualified. No, one hour is enough. You put an hour of prep, you can teach. And I'm just telling you right now, we don't have enough our church we don't have enough for for age we have we don't we have two we, we struggle to get enough to do two classes one for preschool and one for everybody k to five and let me tell you kindergartners and fifth graders they are two different animals you try and you try and work in a, in a room like that you know what we need we need more teachers so that we can break that all up so each week so i'm gonna tell you right now get your connection card out on the back sign up to be a teacher 
Do it once a month, once every two months, once every three months. Do something. Help out. My wife is a tremendous teacher. She will train you. She will equip you. You'll be like, this is awesome. This is so much fun, so much better than listening to Pastor Dan every week. Seriously, this is awesome. I, like, they get snacks in there. I mean, it's fun. They do crafts, games. It's awesome. There's videos. It's, it's just engaging. It's awesome. And the kids are amazing. They're fantastic. You will learn so much from being with the kids. I'm just telling you right now, we need, to, we need you to teach. It's one thing to say we care about the next generation. Okay, well, invest. Because you know what's going to happen? They're gonna ha- we're going to have kids that show up and there's nobody in there. Because there's nobody to teach. And you know what they'll do? They'll go find somebody who will teach them. Somebody who's willing to sacrifice their time for their attention. Mm-hmm. I tell you, there's a world out there that will spare no expense to teach your kids. Whew. Okay. So, sign up, teach. Third, as we talked the last few weeks, you can give. Seriously, you can give. I'm talking finances, money, as you can give. And as you give, what you do as you tithe and as you give offerings, two different ways to give. You can give through tithes. You just keep tithing. It helps, again, just provide for our ministry expenses here and helps us uh, as you tithe. That's where, the, that's where the budget comes from, from the tithe, to help us do kids' ministry because kids' ministry costs money because kids... They, they break things, and they use things, and they, 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 you know, they, they color on things. We had children at our house that were younger than my kids last week, and they colored my toilet with a marker because they thought it would be a good idea, and the wall because it's a good idea because that's what kids do, and that just costs money. So kids cost money. So, yes, as you tithe, it helps. It provides for that. You can also give through offerings. You can just say, hey, you know, the forest for the rest and just youth. You just put rooted, treehouse kids, whatever. You want to, it'll go to the youth program. One, one of the things I want to share with you is that, you know, out of that comes like scholarships for camps and conventions and retreats and opportunities to send the kids. There are some that just can't afford to do this stuff. And when you give, you enable our kids to experience and encounter God in these incredible settings. So I just want to encourage you. You can give. You're telling the next generation when you give that they're worthy that they're worth fighting for. And one of our visions as a church, and we've talked about this for a long time, one of our visions um, is to not be here forever in this, commu- in this senior center. Our vision is as a, as a community center. And I'm not talking like just, you know, like a, I'm talking an awesome building where our community, because there are kids in our community that need to know this. So we want to create a space that would be open 24-7 not just for us to gather on Saturday nights, but all week long that people and families of our community, that kids can come and grow and learn and just gather together and let's create an opportunity to engage those kids, to serve those kids. That's a, you can give to that. We actually have a building fund. We have a fund for a community center. There's $58,000 in it. That's awesome. That's pretty good. That's a good start. Um, in Robbinsville, they'll get us like... Maybe 100 square feet. Yeah, so like, yeah, they get you like a pantry. All right, so we got the pantry built. So let's keep going. Um, but you can give to that. And, and honestly, we are actively, like as a church, we're just walking in faith. I'm having conversations constantly to try and move in that direction. We don't own anything. We haven't owned anything. But, but we're not just sitting here. We're, we're out there looking, saying, God, if you're going to open the door, and there's going to come a day where we're going to need to pay for this thing. So if you want to give to that, you can absolutely give to that. You want to write it into your will, go ahead, write it into your will. You can do whatever you need to do. You want to give us stock, we'll take stock, we'll make it work. Whatever, um, my point is, you can give. 
So you can share your stories. You can teach. You can give. And then finally, um, you can just show up and help one time. We have one, ex- we have one, one great opportunity for you. The Barnyard Bash is going to be October 23rd. That's in two weeks, okay, at the Gafkins Lavender Farm. It's going to be a great time. I mean, hayrides, bonfire, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great night. And you know what? Um, My wife's going to be running it by herself. Um, (laughs) No, she needs help. And so you know what? That's our Better Together Day for this month. We're not doing community service for a food pantry this month or anything like that. We're doing community service for our kids. And we're going to show up for our kids. And so I just need volunteers. I want everybody to come. Just come and help. And we'll put you to work running caramel apple, you know, making stands or candy apple or grilling hot dogs or, you know, you're over running the hayride, keeping everybody in line. I don't know. We just need help. Just chaperones. Just come and help and just get, show up. Just show the kids, hey, we care. We're here to help. Whatever you need, we care. You can give towards that event if you'd like, but just show up. We could really use it. So again, there's going to be a sign up. I'm not sure how exactly how the sign up works. Um, there's, there it is. You can scan that code. It might be in your, in your programs as well. Is there anything? Nope, not a problem. You can scan that. We're going to send stuff out. It'll be on Basecamp. There'll be all sorts of opportunities for you to sign up in the next two weeks to do that. Do it. Let's just not just say we care about our kids. Let's prove it. It's going to be a fun night. I'm telling you, let's just show up in force for our kids, okay? Like, it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to close with this. I was listening to a message on, on giving, and the pastor said this, and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm going to warn you in advance because it's just going to be better than anything I've said yet. <laughs> and it's not my words. I just took it from somebody else. But it's going to challenge you. And it's just... And here's what he said. He said this. Whoever wants the next generation most is going to get them. You feel that? (laughs) Whoever wants the next generation the most is going to get them. Just let that sit for a minute. It's not about money. It's not about time. It's not about our effort. It's about our hearts. It's about our hearts. We will dedicate and commit ourselves to whatever we care about. The next generation needs us. That's why we're doing this as a church. We're not just having a church that we can grow. We're doing this for the next generation. So that in 10, 12, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, when we're gone, may there be a light burning in this town helping people understand who God is. May there continue to be a church that helps people, helps these kids as they grow and raise families and the next generation, the the children not even born yet, that they can set their hope anew on God. God's not going to change. We're going to change, but he's never going to change. And they're going to continue to need him in every season. So we're going to close this week with our video. Every week we're doing a video, and this week we're going to close with a video. And uh, I think we've got some next generation uh, people on this video. And I think they can tell us best and remind us best why we're doing this. So turn your attention to the screen. My name is Eli and I'm four years old. I love going to church because there's so many cool toys and 
friends and families and people there. My name's Anthony. I'm seven and I like going to church because I learn about God. Hi, I'm Lucas Serenice and I'm 13 years old. It's just fun because you get to hang out with friends and you get to like just have a good time with others, play games. At Rooted you can be really open and just not have to worry about what other people think about you. They're just going to love you for who you are. Hi, my name is Chase and I'm 11 years old. Because there's like all different things to do. You can like go into the main church, you can help out with like the little kids, you can help out with the uh, preschoolers. My name is Christopher Keller and I'm 10 years old. Okay, we can have fun. I'm Megan and I'm 12. I feel like I can be myself at Life Tree because like the people there are much nicer than the people at school. The hardest part about being a kid now is, is like there's not always someone around like sometimes your siblings are out so then you're there by yourself and you don't always have something to do. It's like hard being alone and stuff. It's hard being a kid today because I need to obey. Sometimes it's hard to help my friends at school because they don't really act nice to me. It's hard knowing who to be around nowadays because some people can be bad or dirty or just mean and it's hard to not join because you might seem different from the other people. Uh, something that's hard about being a kid today is trying to manage school things with outside of school things. Probably the hardest thing about being a kid today is probably making new friends. They can make like fun of your like religion and like what you do. Like sometimes I wear like church stuff and like they say, ew, like what is that? So it's like kind of hard. My name is Liz. I think the hardest part about living in the world today is the digital world and the real world. Trying to navigate this and figure out what you believe in, you're constantly being told what you're supposed to think, what you're supposed to believe, how you're supposed to look, what you're supposed to wear, and it can really pull you away from what you believe in. God helps me be kind. The kids at school. God helps me give them grace. God helps me each day. He, and he also helps me with strong and wisdom. One side is strength, one side is wisdom. Boom, 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 boom. God helps me in these difficult situations because he'll guide me to do the right thing and he'll help me to know who to be friends with, what to do, what not to do. And he'll just keep me in a good spot and guide me through my life. Uh, God helps me at school every day to like just get through the day and uh, to like get my work done, not just like talk to people. Or he helps me deal with them, like saying like, don't be with them, like go somewhere else and do like your own things with your other friends. Sometimes it's like that you can feel his presence there and that you can feel like you're not alone. I need God to be my anchor. So when I make decisions, when I am reflecting on my life, I can look at the Word of God and say, was I right? Was I wrong? Can I be better? Is this, a, is this opportunity aligned with what I believe in? I wanted to be a cool disco ball dancing floor. Half cotton candy. I wish we had more kids my age because and there's not always enough kids to like do an activity in kids' church. Uh, probably like our 
youth groups have like their own place to go instead of just like going to people's houses and like a place to like play games and stuff. Maybe it's like own cool place to hang out, like that's like kind of designated just at Rooted with like a bunch of snacks and a hangout space to like chill with your friends during Rooted. One thing I'd want for Life Tree is a youth center. It should like be like like maybe a pool table, some games to play, and just like uh, maybe a basketball hoop in the yard, some grass just for us to play fun games, just hang out with each other. I feel like that would be a really fun thing for us to have. I think to be able to better people physically, mentally, and spiritually would be amazing. It's it's just a way to minister to people who might not come to a church, but they would come to their kids' Girl Scout meeting, a gym class, maybe they're a, a family aff affected with disabilities and they would come for some respite. There's so much opportunity to bring outreach to the community and just spread the love and light of Christ. I hope our church has that community center so bad. <laughs>
in your name we pray. Amen.